We go and create these unusual scenarios and then we go treat it exactly like a regular regular job and we just pull the same shit we always do. And and continually ask. Yes. <laughs> I'm like she hiding says, over here. I'm like, mm, yep. Uh, yep. Guilty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> continually ask for the harvest year round. And our bodies ask us to take a break and we feel guilty and then we beat ourselves up for needing rest or oh, for resting at all. Cycle. And I was just like, oh God, she's talking to me. What's happening? <laughs> she sees me. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by a nutritional therapist, Cassie Knavel, and professional esthetician and makeup artist, Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome everyone to episode 61 Woo-woo. of Rebel Heart Radio. Gosh, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Reunited and it feels so, so good. good. I know you guys <laughs> just heard us in our, um, was it the dry skin episode? But we recorded that a very long time ago, just so you guys yeah. know. Yeah, so this is the first time we've been together recording together in a hot minute. And mm-hmm. we both were going through serious withdrawals. No kidding. My goodness. <laughs> so, girl, what is up with you? We're back in action. Oh, man. I'm still kind of in the thick of it, but my kids are out of school. And it seems, it's funny. I feel like moms with kids in school have one of two reactions. It's either like, yes, or no. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I've swung between those two emotions of like, yeah. I'm so excited and boo like why because uh honestly they've been out of school a week today and my life I don't know if it's ever going to settle because by the time I start to get in a really good groove we're going to go on like an eight day we're going to be gone for eight days and then when we get back we're only going to be in that groove for like four weeks and then they go back to school so it's like it it seriously takes me probably a good two solid months of doing the same schedule and like you know, dealing with the punches as they come my way to feel like I'm like in a schedule. So, and I know that about myself. So I'm like kind of bracing myself for the craziness that is summer because I would never forgive myself if I didn't take advantage of the opportunity to make memories with my kids. Oh my goodness. But I still have things I want to (laughs) do. It turns out work still has to happen at some point. I know. Oh my gosh. It's absolute madness trying to keep my kiddos busy and to some regard, but still make some memories with them. And like, oh, so, I mean, I'm really, I'm really grateful for the freedom and the flexibility. Um, I, I, however, am still in full blown panic mode. It's like, <laughs> so what's up with me? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think well, you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like what? What's not up with me? I mean, I'm trying not to lose my workout regimen in some regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the gym twice in a week, which is good. I'm trying to give myself that grace that it takes to deal with adjustment, uh, and not have that attitude of like screw it, like it's nothing's like I want it to be, so why bother? Like that. That's an old mentality that doesn't serve anyone. No, it doesn't serve me. It really it doesn't, doesn't help. Family. And and I think the more the more we like lean into just the craziness of life, the more we realize how our life is just always in transition. Like there's <laughs> never there's never a time where it's not. And I know exactly what you mean, where you have like your two months schedule that's different. Ours is different a little bit. It stays mostly the same, but it's it's just like what just happened. Yeah. It's going to take me forever to get used to this. And by the time I do, then it changes again. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's a lot. And then in the last week, it's like my my household goes through a crazy transition because my mom also teaches piano. Mm -hmm. Right. And she goes to a summer schedule. And so for 
what needs to happen inside our house is a crazy transition because she usually during the school year teaches every afternoon, Monday, Monday through Thursday, and it's longer on Wednesday. And it is a challenge to keep a semi-quiet household um, and not let my kids go crazy. Like make sure that we're all like as happy as we can be because it really that's one of the probably major things about trying to have a multi-generational household is my mom that's how she earns income. Mm-hmm. Like I would never ask her to just stop earning income, you know? So we deal, we, we figure out how to make it work. Well, however, in the summertime, she transitions to two full days of teaching, which is kind of great because then the rest of the days are more open and free, but, um, we haven't transitioned there yet. So this whole week has been still the previous schedule. So she's teaching every day. And I'm just like, this is a this is hard. <laughs> it's like you need everything to change at once, at least, so that there's not yeah. an ex, there's not like an extra transition to the transition. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It's like double double whammy transition. So Ugh. we're uh, yeah, just trying to trying to smooth things out. I've got a lot of things professionally going on right now that I am trying to transition into. Mm-hmm. And if for all of you people out there that have ever done a website for yourself or paid someone or been through that transition, I feel you. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I understand my branding now, which was hard because I had to figure out who I am, <laughs> you know? And so I finally feel like I figured that out. But the rest of the details, it's just... and this was something you helped me understand is I really don't ever get uninterrupted time to work on something. No, you and trying don't. to create that uninterrupted time is much easier said than done. Like much easier said than done. Cause something always comes up always because I'm in charge of two little humans. I've got, I've got professionally like several things going on. I'm like taking on some new video editing gigs so let's just say that I'm in a massive transitionary state <laughs> um, all around. I'm just so grateful that the podcast is consistent because it's my happy space. So <laughs> can we say that? Oh, this has Ooh. been my happy space too. I love the community that we've created here. And yes, it's been such a gift to have this be so consistent. I was, in fact, I was talking to Josh about it the other day and he was like, I'm so proud of you guys. And I was like, what do you mean? We're just, we're just doing our jobs. Like it's whatever. (laughs) And he was just like, no, you've consistently never missed a podcast launch ever (laughs) in over a year. That is true. Oh, that is kind of a cool. It has come down to the wire sometimes, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, don't tell everybody about that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) No, in a real and authentic way, let's just say we have definitely had a podcast episode launch at 1 a.m. instead of midnight, which is when our normal launch time is. Hopefully everybody's asleep during that time, but we've figured out that some people are not. (laughs) We get listens at midnight. It's bonkers. No, some of you guys are. But we're Pacific. We're we're Pacific time. Mm-hmm. And we got some friends who listen out in Europe and Australia true. and all sorts of things. So true, true. Yep. Anyway, but what about you? I would love to hear more since we haven't really officially done much catching up. I would Not like really. to hear. I would like to hear where, where are you at? What's up with you? Yeah, I'm still kind of like six months into this journey of trying to figure out how to balance rest and work and shut um, up. Has it been six months? I mean, we kind of, I guess I didn't really fully realize and start it until maybe after, after our lead conference was beauty counter. So maybe three months, but the first three months of the year, I was kind of having a realization that I I had reached this serious burnout stage. And if you guys haven't listened to our episode with, um, Jess Gartner from just hold or just dot hold the space on, on Instagram, um, she is someone who I love talking to about overwhelm and just kind of coming from this place where we're like, all right, we got to stop this cycle of like being burned out and, you know, going hard and then being burned out and Mm -hmm. being forced to rest and then going hard and being burned out and being forced to rest. And that's kind of been my cycle my entire life, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So breaking that is I I should know is going to take longer than I want it to just like everything takes longer than I want it to <laughs> always always <laughs> hashtag not patient <laughs> not the most patient human and then being an Enneagram eight does not help that no um <laughs> yay so 
but hey i think that was kind of the beginning of all of this was when you really started to dive mm -hmm. into your enneagram type and you had this realization so i could say the i could see how this journey has been longer than six months for you because i i also it took me a while to really pinpoint what i needed to do to refine myself in that regard so i can see how it's been longer than three months it's just you had that hard realization right around that three months ago mark so yeah yep and you know, just realizing for me that I, I can't continue to show up for everyone all the time and then also show up for myself. It's just not. Yes, ma'am. It's not possible. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of talked uh, about this with Jess, but just, you know, finding ways to kind of work through this process of overwhelm and, you know, seeking out some practical things and, and trying some stuff and realizing it doesn't work for me and trying some other things and realizing maybe I can make, make that work for me. So, you know, I'll talk more about my, my, where I kind of come to in the future. If maybe I have a stopping point with that, as far as like knowing what I need to do, <laughs> but that's tough. That's you like know, it was evol- like evolving thing. Like, yeah. Moving target. There we go. Yeah. Moving so, I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with things. I'm just still in this process of trying to figure out like, what is my home flow? What's my workflow? What's my, how do I, how do I force myself to rest so that rest becomes part of my routine? And so I'm still, if I'm being super honest, I'm still struggling with that. It's still a struggle. Oh man, that's Um, tough. Having that self-recognition of like, I need to rest is much more nuanced than people can probably articulate you know yeah it's because it's so different for every person what's your workload what's your what's your family life what's your you know what's your flow what's your schedule what's your finances what you know like there's Mm -hmm. just so much into that that Mm -hmm. it's like and you have to give yourself that room because it's like you know you'd give somebody else that room but it's hard to recognize when how why yeah I've actually it's been a really interesting observation but I've realized that my ability to rest actually is really um, connected to our finances. And Mm -hmm. during times where finances are a little tighter, like I have a really hard time resting because for me, if I work more, I can make more money. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it's part of the nature of kind of stepping into this entrepreneurial space. And, you know, sometimes a lot of times there's a diminishing marginal return, right? You get to a certain point with your work week and you go over, you know, 30, 40 hours and you're not really doing anything of quality at that point. (laughs) Um, For most people, like it's, it's kind of crazy the level of productivity that comes from that first 20 to 30 hours of work versus the the following, you know, 10, 20, 30. So, you know, it's, it, Summer is always this place of financial ease for us because my husband works during the summer as well. He's a teacher, um, but he has a little, a a full-time gig that he does for a couple months during the summer and it pays extremely well. And it's just a nice little bump in finances and for us to be able to pay extra student loans off and all sorts of things. And so it adds this level of ease that actually allows me to rest more. That's Um, amazing. And then my paycheck increases when I rest more too. (laughs) which is hilarious it's like okay if that doesn't like completely flip everything on its head I don't know what does so (laughs) but yeah I've I've learned and then and that just has to do with like you know growing up with a really hard relationship with money it's Mm -hmm. it's you know to growing up for me money was bad I had massive limiting beliefs around being able to earn enough money to like take care of my family, take care of myself, do what I want to do, um, you know, fulfill some really big dreams that I had. So it's taken me a long time to kind of redefine that relationship. And that's kind of one last piece of it is in regards to rest that I didn't realize was there. Um, yes. So it, and it absolutely is. So that's, that's the next thing we're going to work on. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Honestly, that was, uh, honestly, that was a journey I went on, um, maybe a few years ago because I, I don't know if it was that I didn't, like I had wonderful examples of, um, financial success growing up with my parents, but there is something about the society that we've grown up in of hustle and Mm -hmm. grind and, um, the the most successful people are the ones that never sleep and never rest oh, that gosh. never you know that they're they're always moving and they're kind of like you know it, and and so there's this perception of what success can or would look like you know and um and so i always thought that if i was the person 
Like I wasn't going to be successful if I did take that rest. If I did it too slow, then it would not pan out because I was not doing what successful people do. Like, I don't know. And also like the stress levels around finances was a big thing. I had to learn to, even when things were financially tight, I had to learn to chill out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, we're doing all the things, money comes in, we do what we can with what we've got and life goes on. And you can't live in this constant state of fight or flight just because you've got a little, you know, you've got very little money for like five days, like chill out, Jen. Like, (laughs) like I had to like self-talk myself out of that. And, um, it's still sometimes a little bit of effort for me to like, cause now even with any sort of financial success we have, we've got our savings and we've got all these things going on and the available funds are still pretty small because we're trying to be smart about how we set things up. And Mm -hmm. guess what? It still triggers me. Even though we've got like things set up to cushion us in times of need, which was not always the case when I quit my full time job. That was not the case. And um, when I quit my full time job to come home, it was like it was it was like DEFCOM 5. I was just like, <laughs> all the time, you know. So I don't know. I think there's something about that mindset of being able to allow yourself those moments of ease and learning when it's hard because it doesn't get easier even when it should be easier. <laughs> like, you know, it's a mindset thing. Yeah, I heard um, some sort of uh, quote the other day that basically said like, you don't automatically come better at spending money when you have more of it, like better true. at managing your money just because you have more. And oh I think that's God. so true because so I see true. it. I see it happen as our income increases. I'm like, oh, you got to check your relationship with money, kiddo. Like, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> but so I think true. I think it's a combination of, you know, becoming more fit financially and having, you know, more of a buffer so that hopefully even though we do have that, you know, relationship with money that we need to work on, that it gives us more ease around it. Um, and I think that's just naturally how we should be doing life anyway, is having like, so a true. safety net. Um, yeah. But also then, of course, um, you know, working on our relationship with money. And if you guys haven't listened, we have an episode with our friend Heather Garrison from a while back um, on kind of how to cash flow your life and get rid of your debt and change your relationship with money. And it was a great episode. That would be an excellent one to revisit. If you guys are more popular episodes, too, which I I love. I love that we're not the only ones that find value. We're not talking about money enough, you know? No, yeah. That's part of the dis function with it is there's not enough conversation about it as a society yep starting to sister yeah well let's jump into our topic today i it really just (laughs) comes out of exactly what we were just talking about um you know it's been a while since jen and i were able to um sit down and and chat for the podcast and we just find that sometimes moving with the flow of, of what life is presenting us um, ends up being, honestly, all of your favorite episodes <laughs> um, as listeners. And um, we really Which do we love that. you for. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. And and I think so, you know, both Genevieve and I are, are entering into this period of life where we're trying to figure out how how do we balance rest and, and work and family life and all of those things and Um, you know, my friend Jillian always talks about how there's no such thing as balance. There's only, um, tension and this idea of strain and counter strain and kind of this push pull back and forth. It there's, it's always going to be unbalanced. It's just a matter of deciding your priorities and figuring out, you know, sometimes that tension is greater and sometimes it's, it's looser and you have more flexibility. So honestly, that's why I've loved the word harmony because in music, Mm. that's exactly how it is. You have an overarching, even in an orchestral situation, you've got an instrument or a section that's taking precedent in that moment and everything else is supporting it and it ebbs and flows between percussion to string to right and that's how you have something that's a priority and everything else is supporting it yep and it's moving and flowing together to make beautiful music oh music (laughs) i love it oh that's been actually that was something i discovered like um i can't remember exactly where i heard that phrase it was somewhere on instagram stories about a month ago and I, i was like i'm gonna stop using that word balance because that doesn't exist balance 
it makes you think that it can be perfectly in balance and that is not real that is not that is a myth that is something that is going to be chased forever and then happiness will never be felt because you'll feel like you're constantly out of reach of something you really feel like you need not just want and and so when I started because I really believe in the power of words like 100 Mm percent when you start when you stop using words and start using others or you start realizing like I need to stop using that phrase your mind will change you will shift and you will find yourself being able to like rest you'll be able to feel that sense of ease because you know that this is just an ebb and flow moment instead of oh tension or like not even I like your analogy of tension but um resistance like when you've got all that resistance of like oh why can't I do this or why can't I achieve that or why can't I get that it's that creates this like heightened sense in your body and that then when your body feels that it, it manifests in so many other ways that it it causes this state of constant fight or flight, I think. Yes. At least it doesn't me. Oh my gosh, yes. And I mean, both like throughout this process of trying to kind of smash that idea of balance and figure out what time prioritization and energy prioritization looks like for us. Like we both have kind of dug into some resources and um, I've been not I've been reading. I read in three days. Which Bonkers, I Cassie. I don't have time to do that. But <laughs> I know, it's also I like, like it's also an audiobook. So again, it's just me like I went I just literally was like, I'm going to go for several three mile walks like we're just going to make it happen. So oh, lovely. So that also created a good habit of reading and walking at the same time. But uh, uh, Jess and I talked a little bit about um, Kate Northrup's new book, Do Less, during um, our episode on overwhelm and burnout and self-awareness and social media and all of those things. And you and I talked about it on our episode with overwhelm and I seriously like didn't know how much I needed this book to kind of like just top off everything that I've been working toward and learning um, on just this concept of doing less. And and the thing I loved about her book was not that she said, okay, like if you're a stay at home mom who also works a part-time job and works from, you know, works from home or, you know, all of those things, this book was directed toward women for sure. Um, you know, it wasn't automatically like, okay, you need to outsource your house cleaning and you need to outsource your laundry and you need to, it wasn't all about outsourcing. There was right. a sen- there was like a sentence about that. That's like, yeah, if you can afford to do that, go ahead and do that. That's helpful. Um, but guess what? <laughs> this is not the reality for most people. And so it was really helpful for me to hear that because I think more often than not, when you learn from people in the business space, like that is the push. It's, we'll just go make more money so that you can pay for those things. And it's like, yes, that's great. But also sometimes that doesn't happen for like a year. So how yeah, am I supposed to get done more. what I'm trying to get done? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so she just talks in the book a lot about honoring the feminine and how I, I fight that a little bit. I don't love traditional gender roles. I'm actually a pretty masculine person. Um, and she talks a lot about how, you know, we don't have to, you can honor the feminine part of you, even if it feels like a smaller part than the masculine part of you. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. I gotta feel you now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Um, And then she also talks about kind of bucking traditional gender roles and, and applying this to folks who are kind of part of the LGBTQ and transgender community as well. And saying, you know, this is just a concept that's kind of relating back and saying, Hey, no matter how you identify, this is something that we can do within our bodies is honoring that feminine if you do have that cycle and just kind of talking about the feminine like menstrual cycle (laughs) you guys this blew my mind it literally blew my mind and it just talked about following your energy with that cycle and there was only one big chapter about that and then it was kind of referenced throughout the rest of the book but for me that was such a big kicker because I had finished the book a day before I started my cycle or started the the you know menstrual part of my menstrual cycle and I my energy was like like just halted almost (laughs) I had a few meetings I had just read that book and I was like I don't need to be doing any of these things today like (laughs) I I canceled a bunch of things and I was just like I'm just gonna do some working in today I did some journaling I did some writing I did some resting and it was just like did you just say you journaled right (laughs) (laughs) yes 
sorry i had to interrupt for a second i was like wait what did you just say oh i'm i'm in the i process. hope people go back and listen to about a year ago where cassie was just like no. i don't journal yeah <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I really don't, but I also appreciate the fact that um, it's actually a a way in which Enneagram 8s can employ like working through their emotions and actually Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how they feel. And so it was actually the Enneagram that brought me to even consider journaling because the thing is like, I don't see myself as a highly emotional feeling person, but that's also because I have a hard time getting touch with how I really feel about something. So Mm -hmm. if I write it down, then I can kind of get that figured out for the most part or start to figure it out. So I'm a verbal processor and that doesn't mean I have to process things out loud all the time, which clearly you guys know I, I do. It's (laughs) one of the reasons why we have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, I have been able to kind of, you know, like do that inward work and try to do a little bit of that verbal processing on paper or on my computer or whatever. So that's been really good. But I, 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 I leaned into my cycle and was like, this is the week in which I need to like hang back and get some rest and, um, take care of myself. And Mm, I, mm -hmm. and I just was like, I'm just going to do that. And I felt like, this framework kind of allowed me to honor that without guilt and it felt Mm. so good I had zero guilt around it oh that's amazing that's that state of ease yes we love ease and a lot of times it takes that state of learning to give yourself that permission and so I think there's always I, I think sometimes I get a little tired I guess um I'm tired it's not the right word I get I get a little like I need moments to like process all of the self-development and things that I'm trying to learn about myself. And, um, and that's okay. And everybody should be that way. But when you get to that state of like, I don't want to learn anymore Mm. is when you miss out on those opportunities of that one thing that gives you that permission, you know, cause you've learned that thing about, yeah, that does make sense. You know, this this time in my cycle, I really don't have the energy. So why am I like putting all that stress on myself to, you know, and giving yourself that permission to just ease into your natural state to a certain extent, you know, mm-hmm. I really I resonate with what you said about and and you've taught me a lot about this in the last few months that we've kind of been digging into the Enneagram together and for our relationship and for our relationships with our spouses and just mm-hmm. kind of digging into this and you guys like, sorry, not sorry. I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about the Enneagram every single episode <laughs> and I understand not everybody's into it and that's fine, but if I, I'd really recommend digging into it or whatever other tools help you kind of become more self-aware um, this particular tool has just been really impactful for, for me, especially, and then also for Genevieve. Did but one, yeah. of, one of the things that you've kept saying that I've, I've kind of been ruminating on, especially lately, is this idea of just not having space to accept new self-awareness, learning about yourself, kind of until you have fully processed and applied what you learned before. Mm. And I think sometimes you can be kind of hard on yourself when you come into this space where you're like, cause I'm throwing shit at you at a pace that's like ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, because oh, oh, my face because, is melting. Stop. Because that's how I am. And mm. so, and I, uh, I, I wish I could keep it close to the vest and then like release it to you when you're ready, but I just need to give it to you. And then you need to figure it out when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> cause Honestly, otherwise I never will. But yeah. I, it's the rate in which I process things is, is a lot faster than a lot of other people. Cause I love intensity, which is why I was talking to Josh yesterday and I was like, yeah, I, I finished this book in three days and I'm going to go all out and I'm tracking my cycle and I'm going to figure out all this stuff. And She's he was like, just like, again, with the intensity, Cassie, <laughs> again with that. Oh. But anyways I've just learned a lot from you about you know like let's not step into you know learning more when we haven't yet applied what we learned before and that for me I didn't know you learned that from me I did boo um that's something I I need to start working on and so what I've been doing with when I have a resource that's just been really impactful for me like super incrementally where I'm like, like I listened to the do less book from Kate Northrup on audible and they have this feature where you can do the clips or whatever and bookmarks and add notes to it. And I was doing that like crazy. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, I have to go back to that. Okay. I have to go back to that. But what I've learned is if I read the whole thing in entirety, I get the picture of it. And then I go back and read sections of it and apply it. 
Yes. So I'm in the reading sections of it and applying it right now. Um, and so one of the like first steps in figuring all this out is just tracking your own cycle. Um, and even if you're not, she talks about even if you're not having your period, you can still track your cycle or you can just go by, um, the, the moon, you know, Mm -hmm. and some women cycle with the new moon and some women cycle with the full moon. So you can kind of get that hammered out and figure that out. Um, even if you like are on birth control or, um, maybe you're nursing and you don't have your period right now, you, you can still tell some like interesting transitions in your body when you cycle. So if you just journal for like, a month and I've been using the flow app. I really like it. Um, Mm. it is a paid app, but I, I appreciate the features a lot. Um, and it's, so that's kind of first step for me is I'm just tracking my cycle and it worked out so great that I actually was like, Oh, cool. Like I didn't have to wait. I just started. It matches your intensity. (laughs) 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 Well, and I'm sure I'll have to adjust it a little bit over time, but she talks in the book about like what to do in each stage of your cycle in the four stages Mm, and what to focus on. Like there's one week where it's like, this is for creativity and just focusing on your creative work. And the other week is for, um, you know, stepping in and doing some, um, reach outs and networking and putting yourself out there and starting new projects and new concepts and all sorts of things. And, you know, in our overwhelm episode, you and I talked about coming at this place where, we're doing like a blocked schedule and instead of having multiple blocks within every single day and taking care of everything every single day, we were taking care of one thing a day or that was the focus each day. Yeah. Well, this is like scratch that even and let's yeah. do a weekly focus. And I was just I know, like, as soon as you said that, oh. I went, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense because I find myself naturally ebbing and flowing like that anyway, even though it's like one week, the day where I do the creative work was like, yes. <laughs> yeah and then the next week when I get a chance to like start something new and like or networking or I have a day of networking if it lines up with how I'm feeling but that makes so much sense that my feelings match up a lot with my cycle because as flowing creatures we're gonna ebb and flow you Mm -hmm. know and it was I would love to learn more about what each like flow can mean and part of the cycle can mean energetically because I believe that 100% intuitively Uh, but I would love to like get some more like concrete like this part of your cycle might mean this and you know that Uh sounds absolutely lovely well get after it girl it's like the second chapter in the book so I know I'm ready I'm ready (laughs) I know I I officially finished or like the introduction to the book and I immediately sent it to like seven of my friends and I was like you need to read this right now and two of them were like I just finished it and I was like yeah okay yeah on the same wavelength (laughs) it was amazing and uh there's I have a group of four girls in my mastermind that I do with beauty counter that uh we are literally all we cycle together it's hilarious that's crazy like, and, you and guys we're live very all over the nation yeah what's that you live all over the nation all over the nation what? but we also like really jive with each other too I don't know it's we're get it's like it's more woo than I like but what what was really interesting to me is that we weren't we weren't getting into Kate's book like it wasn't this huge like woo perspective when it came to tracking your cycle it was very scientific it was like here's how the chemistry changes in your brain as you flow through these different times of the month oh my gosh yes here are the areas (laughs) of the brain that light up during this period and I was just like oh like so good favorite when people marry woo woo with like actual like physiological I'll do the woo if it's backed by science that's just a fact I'll do the woo I'll do the woo anyway actually I'll just say that I'll do the woo (laughs) anyway but when you give me science too I'm like yep done okay all right yep I can do it (laughs) (laughs) so you were you were telling me about um this podcast episode that you had listened to on kind of redesigning your subconscious will you tell us more about that yes so what's interesting about this is I was geeking out heavy on this about the same time that Cassie was geeking out heavy on do less so I find that fascinating but doesn't surprise me because like people in my life that I jive with like you were saying like we're not like you and I are not flow like with each other like that way like our mental cycles are not on flow but our energetic levels we find ourselves doing even when we don't get a chance to talk and catch up we Mm -hmm. people send us things and we get into stuff around the same time so it's just kind of so I'm gonna interrupt you really fast and say the crazy part is that she talked about in the book about how 
some women track with the new moon and some women track with the full moon so they can support each other during those times that's where we are that's where we are dude sorry i just had a major whoa that was like a mind f that just happened that makes Um. so much sense because you're you're an eight i'm a two like we complement each other but we're not the same by any means wow that's so interesting Mm -hmm. okay anyways well this tell me about this podcast episode yeah, so this podcast episode was uh, with a guy named Peter Crone, and he, um, he's he been on like the Goop podcast. He's done a lot of really amazing things. He's not super into the social media world yet. He's into Instagram, but it's very, like he's just started. But a lot of his background is he works with high-level athletes, and um, he's kind of... He, he's like, I don't even like to call myself a spiritual like helper, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not, you know, but he did this episode on the Broken Brain podcast with Drew Pruitt. And it's episode 55. We'll make sure it's linked down below because you guys have to check it out. It's titled How to Redesign the Subconscious. And when I first read that title, a friend sent this to me and she's like, you have to you have to listen to this episode. And she followed up with me like three times and I was like, oh, she's serious. OK, so like by the third time I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to listen because it, she she knows me pretty well. I've listened to it three times now all the way through and it's a pretty long episode. And the first time I listened to it, I like I'm pretty sure every one to two minutes I was going, wow, like it just I felt like we were connecting all these dots of like woo woo in physics Um, and his whole concept. um, The one that really resonated a lot with me was when he opened um, Drew Pruitt, the host said, you know what, you know, you say that your ultimate product is freedom. And I was just like, "Okay," like I didn't understand what he meant by that. I'm listening. Yeah, I'm listening. It sounds kind of nice. And he said, and then Peter replied with like, well, what is the ultimate measure of success? And, you know, all these things are running through your head. And he's like, freedom, freedom from disease, anxiety, addiction, other people's opinions, social constraints, fear. I mean, down the line, if you feel freedom from all of these things that might be holding you back in some regard, then like that is the ultimate measure of success and this really like ties into that ease that feeling of ease in life Mm -hmm. and I just I really resonated with a lot of things that he said around you know our society has moved towards this fight or flight constant feeling of uncertainty um, of that that's bad and he's openly says that uncertainty is like you you I, we had talked about this briefly like a couple of days ago that that uncertainty is that that place of um it's the place where things begin you know mm-hmm. that uncertainty is that that fertile place where you could grow it's that place where you can because think about it if your life is all planned out and it all happens just according to plan there's no room for grow Mm -hmm. or change or you know and then if it doesn't go according to plan it's that that fight or flight and that feeling of uncertainty that really hurts that Mm -hmm. can keep you in that fight or flight state and that's just really bad for your body yeah kate kate northrop calls it living in the space of i don't know Yes. Yeah. Actually, he says almost that exact same phrase, too. And and if I look back on my life where I made some massive changes and actually intuitively said, like, what do you want right now? It was during those times where I was in that I don't know space. 100%. But when I didn't allow myself to be in that uncertainty, that's when I made the wrong moves for myself. 100%. Like that, I think back to grad school and going straight from undergrad to grad school was not allowing myself to sit in the uncertainty and going to grad school was the wrong decision for me. Right. Beautiful things came out of it. We Mm -hmm. lived in Colorado. It was an incredible time. It was amazing. I found my health. I figured stuff out. Yes. I believe that everything, I don't believe that everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that there was lessons learned that God can, can do with whatever you've got you know going on they can it, it can happen so yeah there's definitely anyways, things to take away from every but, situation but I wouldn't sit in that and when I quit grad school to come home and Josh and I moved back home and I went and got a job in a restaurant and I just sat in that space of I don't know for like four years <laughs> it was mm-hmm. the most uncomfortable time of my life but I had to yes I just 
I had to. And, and the next step was going to the NTP program mm-hmm. and going into holistic nutrition and starting a food blog and all these Look sorts of things that, <laughs> yeah, well, that led to where I am now and, yeah. and, and sitting in that space of uncertainty. And that's kind of oddly, I mean, I don't have a lot of uncertainty with where I'm at right now, but I am feeling uncertain about how I'm going to get there. Yes. And I'm being open to the how right now and allowing that to to sink in a little bit. Most interestingly so. enough, he talks a little bit about uh, where as like human beings, like how we get tripped up in that situation. And he talks about subconsciously we're trying to avoid past hurt. And he calls that informed future fear. Mm. And I found that so true and so fascinating that that informed future fear is what put you in grad school of like, well, what if I, if I don't go, I won't make a living and I won't be able to live the way I want to live. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's in a lot of our roadblocks that we find ourselves in when we need, when we know that that road of uncertainty is probably, it might be the right way to go. It's living in that informed future fear. And that phrase right there is really interesting. Informed future fear. Fear is not real. Fear is the feeling is real, but the f- like you're you're basically fearing fear. I'm I'm sure people have heard that phrase before, but that means you are informed of something future that's not real. Ugh, wow, <laughs> right? Like okay, that. Well, when we wrap this up, I'm going to go listen to that podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he also talks about a lot of times that fear is based around heartbreak. And um, heartbreak in yourself, like mistrust in yourself, heartbreak in, uh, you know, relationships with other people, heartbreak in um, careers that didn't go the way you expected them to. Mm. And he says, but what's interesting is heartbreak is actually heart opening. And he goes, I feel that right now. Yes. Yeah. When your heart breaks, it gives the room for growing. And you can't avoid it. And what I always say is like my heart, like it cracked wide open. And it, but it cracked. So it simultaneously broke and opened up at the same time. Yes, hundred percent. And he's he really wants to dispel people around that heartbreak is always to be avoided. He's like that's part of being a human being. Enneagram sevens, are you listening right now? Yeah, (laughs) fellow eights, are you listening right now? (laughs) You know, and fours help us learn. Help us learn because fours know how to live in that space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and so. This whole episode just really drove home to me that we're we're human beings. <laughs> we're allowed to have these feelings and living in that state of ease is the opposite of dis-ease. And that's like another concept he taught me is disease, dis-ease. Ooh. Yeah. He's like, think about it. That that state of resistance is what causes a lot of disease which is dis-ease. And I just was like, wow. (laughs) I mean, the whole thing just blew my mind. And he goes, and he goes, and he actually, he really addresses how women are deeply affected by that whole concept and construct. Uh And he's like, he's like, think about all the women in your life and how many of them do not have a state of, uh, are in a state of dis-ease and whether that's a state of dis-ease in their mental health or dis-ease in their body or both. And he's like, women have been put um, they've got so much stress and um, dis-ease on their shoulders by how they look, how they act, what they do with their life. And I was like, yes, yes. And he's like, honestly, part of my job is to help these people live in a state of ease. He's like, even especially with high level athletes, when they have something to achieve at a high level status in their athletic career, it could be the it could be a tenth of a second that makes the difference in their career and he's like when they live in a state of tension in their body and dis-ease it's it manifests in that tenth of a second and I was like oh so if we like I've actually this is an interesting concept that I've been living in for a while like if we want to treat ourselves like high-level athletes then we have to put ourselves we have to learn how to live in a state of ease or find that well state and, of and ease. rest at a high level yes this is what exactly. I, I listened to a podcast with Rachel Hollis recently and and this is something that she talked about was like if you want to if you want to operate at a high level which I would argue every parent does every mother especially does if you want to operate at a high level, you have to rest at a high level because yes. athletes know that. Oh, they have to recover, which is rest. Yeah. Oh, weird. 
Yeah. yeah so it turns out I've been abusing my body for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the oh. self-forgetting, the self-forgetting is is very real in my world. Um, so easy. So, so easy is, to slip into. This is realizing. really interesting. So like I, one of the things that that Kate Northrop talks about in Do Less is this concept of the traditional system of work not working for women because yes. we intuitively know when we're in a situation where when we're in a system that doesn't support life and the traditional job, the traditional nine to five job does not support life. You go ahead and try to have a traditional job and raise a human at the same time. You can absolutely do that, but guess what? You have to have support. You have to have help. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like a lot. what she kind of talks about is like, we don't need to lean into these systems that don't work for us. We need to lean out. Lean out, um, sister. I love that phrase. Yeah. Lean out. And, <laughs> and support so that these systems collapse. And she talked about how we kind of naturally find these creative solutions to make life and work and parenting work for us. Mm-hmm. We freelance, we work from home, we create non-traditional jobs, mm-hmm. we work part-time, we try to change traditional gender roles, we opt out of the system. Mm-hmm. And we can't wait for this system of men who's created our workforce and that our workforce was created for, right? Mm-hmm. Our schedules mm-hmm. and all of that to to figure it out. We have to opt out. We have to do it. We have to create it. Um and create this opportunity where we can make money and take care of our families and, and, and live real, and live and realize our own dreams. Um, but one of the things she talks about, and this really hit home for me was that we go and do that. We go and create these unusual scenarios and then we go treat it exactly like a regular, regular job. And we just pull the same shit we always do and, and continually ask. Yes. <laughs> I'm like she hiding says, over here. I'm like, Mm, yep. Uh, yep. guilty yeah. um <laughs> continually ask for the harvest year round and our bodies ask us to take a break and we feel guilty and then we beat ourselves up for needing rest oh, or for resting at all cycle and i was just like oh god she's talking to me what's happening <laughs> she sees me <laughs> and and this is something that i have been really wrestling with for the last five months or so six months is just this concept of like I have all of this autonomy built into my job and I don't use it I have tons of freedom and flexibility in my job and I do not use it I work more because I can yeah yeah and it's and it's and it's hard because I think you've intuitively built this structure for yourself because you're like yes this works better but learning to use it to the your body's maximum potential is is a journey and it's different for each person too which is what's really interesting is what works for you doesn't work for me yeah what works for someone else so there is no quote-unquote like structure that is going to work again we're breaking a we want to break a current structure and then you know individualize and celebrate diversity amongst everyone's needs is Mm -hmm. really what I would love to see yeah and she talks a lot about how ease is sustainable and that sentence has just been floating around in my mind for days now like oh my gosh e- she's like put that on your mirror in your bathroom right <laughs> there's already a few things on the mirror in the bathroom <laughs> i'm like sorry josh i don't know if you need to see while you're shaving but um ease is sustainable go us like, sustainable. <laughs> oh. um but um, she talks a lot about just, you know, we need to find those places to kind of just flow and coast when we can. And what really ease is, is creating for us and allowing us to do is living in and or that we have to do in order to accomplish ease is live and work in these ways that allow us um, and the beings around us and the planet to thrive indefinitely. And, and that's what I want. I want to be always thriving for the most part and thriving doesn't mean that like you're operating at a high level all the time right that doesn't that's not what thriving means thriving means stepping into this place of ease where we're honoring ourselves we're honoring our feminine bodies we're looking at ourselves our planet the schedule in a completely different way and figuring out how to make that work for us yeah so um i highly recommend that everyone read this book if we can get kate on the podcast we're gonna do that we'll see what happens um <laughs> I literally already emailed uh her her agent so we're we'll see what happens there but yeah um, we shall see 
I'd love to talk to her. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept is just absolutely mind. It's so simple, right? But so mind blowing to me to just honor the feminine part of me um, and be able to just lean into that because that's not something I naturally do. Like I said, I feel like I'm, I am, have a lot more masculine energy than most women. And I tend to surround myself with other women who also have that masculine energy because it kind of drives the simplicity. And Mm -hmm. so I can't deny the feminine energy inside of me, like that natural cycle, that part of my genetics of my being that is there. So Mm -hmm. it's time to time to lean into that shit and things will still get accomplished. And they're still like, I think that's really interesting that it's that it's still going to happen. It's still going to move because you've done you've done the foundational work you know, you've intuitively like moved yourself into that intuition, um, that intuitive space of like, I need to accomplish that, but I need to start here. And you've done that. You've done that already. And so you don't need to be like (laughs) still in that stage of foundational efforts, you know? Mm, So good. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us today for this lovely discussion around rest and doing less and just like figuring out how to navigate life in general we're gonna keep having these conversations and we appreciate you guys being here yeah this applies to everyone if you don't have a business this still applies this still applies even if if you're not a mom this still applies applies. (laughs) yes so i wish i had learned this before becoming a mom by the way (laughs) me too oh man let me tell you that transition was painful of like trying to decide like i always thought i'd be a working mom like I always thought that I would be a like full-time job working mom kids in daycare situation mom and it when I had them I was like this doesn't feel like what I want Mm -hmm. why did that change you know and it just it totally rocked my world so if you're in that space where you feel like you don't you know you don't quite fit the like you know I want more working mom status this still applies like live in that state of ease doing less allowing yourself to achieve things you want, finding out who you are, diversifying your ability to like energetically like pull your life together and being okay with that diversity. Like mm, you don't Mm. need to be a mom and you don't need to have a business to fill that. Yes. So let's all move forward and seek energy management instead of time management. Ooh, I like that phrase. Mm. I mean, it's completely borrowed. Like Kate Northrup, I'm your biggest fan now. Um, (laughs) I love it. This is beautiful. Oh my goodness. Well, you guys, thank you for listening. Um, If you're loving the podcast, whether you're new or a seasoned listener, we really appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us an hour-ish, sometimes more, of your time every week. And um, if you haven't left us a review in iTunes, please, please, please go do that. It really helps us be seen. Um, it helps, helps the get podcast. The word out. Yeah, get the word out. Get more eyes on the podcast. Um, if you have a good friend who you think could benefit from listening to this episode, please send it their way in a text message right now with some loving encouragement. Um, and, you know, just head into iTunes. Leave us a little review. Link is in the show notes. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.